but Daniel chapter 1 and verse number 3. Won't we all stand if we're able and willing? We'll read three, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 verses tonight. The Bible says, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the units, of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, and of the, of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. Father, we thank you tonight for allowing us to stand before these people and preach thy word. Lord, you know my heart tonight. You know the intents of my heart. Lord, I just want to be a faithful servant of yours, and I want to be a faithful ambassador, and I want to preach the truth. Nothing more, nothing less. And I pray you'd enable me tonight. Lord, I pray you'd strengthen me, Lord, in the inner man. Allow me, Lord, to stand in this place where no man dare stand alone. And I pray by your power of divine, Lord, that you'd lift me and allow me to preach with liberty, and I pray my mind and my heart would be free. And Lord, that those that are listening tonight would fasten their ear upon the Word of God. And Lord, they'd listen intently, and they'd listen not only for my voice, but for the voice of the Holy Spirit as I preach. And I pray tonight, Lord, you'd take this book, this living book, and Lord, as it goes out, I pray you'd prick each and every heart. Help us, Lord, to see the issues that we have. And help us, Lord, not just to see them, but help us to address them, Lord, so we might be better people, Lord, for your glory and honor. We love you tonight. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I forgot last week, but if you were going to uh, I, I give a title, I guess, to this book, the book of Daniel, and really it's about living righteously in an unrighteous world. And I thought about this, uh, it really doesn't mean much today, but I thought about this title, it, Living a G-Rated Life in an R-Rated World. These boys, these four boys were in a very wicked place. In fact, they were in the capital of unrighteousness. And we can take courage though because if they could live for God there, we can live for God here. The next time you think, and I'm not trying to downplay how bad it is uh, in the world that we are, but no one in here has been put in the lion's den this week, as far as I know. <laughs> no one has been put into a fire first. So I'm saying this, if they could do it, we can too. And um, this word, the Bible says in verse number 1, in the, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of, here it is, Babylon. Now, if you don't run your Bible, we should underline that word Babylon. I want to show you something tonight about Babylon. Now, turn back in your Bible, the book of Genesis, chapter number 10. Genesis, chapter number 10. And verse number 8, I believe it is. Yes, that's it. Now, there's a, there's, when you study your Bible, when you're trying to... Uh, interpret the Bible. There's a law. There's different laws for interpreting the Bible. One of them is called the law of first mention. 
Um, and so when you want to know something about a subject, you always go back to the first mention of that subject. And then there's also a, a law called the law of last mention. So we're going to look at the first mention, and then we're going to look at the last mention of this place called Babylon. The Bible says, In Cush begot Nimrod, he began to be a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it said, Even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Now what do hunters do? I'm not talking about these weekend turkey jerkies, you know, around here. I, I can't stand turkey anyway. But anyway, because they mess up my coon hunting. I wish there was never turkey season, deer season, just coon season. But anyway, what they don't go out there. They don't go out there to look at them. What they go out? They're going out there to do what? To to kill. Thank you, Drew. I won't use you for illustration tonight since you got that right. They they're kill. When the Bible says he was a mighty hunter. I mean, and these, especially, this is before you had Cabela's and Realtree and all these uh, Hollywood boys, you know, they kill these big bucks, but you know, you can see the corn hanging out of their mouth when they shoot them, They're, they turn them loose out of a pen. But this is back, in those day and time, they didn't brag about how many, uh, you know, points it had or how many beards it had or none of that. They were killing. A mighty hunter meant he was a killer. He was a killer. And the Bible says in verse 10, in the beginning of the, in the, beginning of, the king, of his kingdom, who, Nimrod, here it is, was Babel. Babel. Now, and you, can, you know the story of Babel in, in chapter number 11, what they did. They rose up and they said, we're going to build a tower and we're going to get to God. And, that, and what happened in Genesis chapter, chapter 11, that's where God, what did he do? He confused the language of the people. You know what Babylon means? Confusion. Confusion. You know who Nimrod in the Bible, who he's a symbol of? The Antichrist. The leader of Babel. And, uh, and so that's the first mention. Now I want you to turn to Revelation chapter number 18. And also, if you, if you study your Bible, Abraham, the Ur of Chaldees, was in the region of Babylon. And it's amazing. Well, I'm getting ahead of myself. But it's funny, the children of Abraham, they went back to the gods that he served before he worshipped God anyway, and they had to pay for it. But Revelation chapter 18, verse 21. And a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and cast it into the sea, saying, Thus with violence shall that great city Babylon be thrown down and shall be found no more at all. So we see Babylon still around. Now let me, let me help you. Babylon in, in the Bible is symbolic. It, it's it's, it, it's a, a picture of the world. Now when I say the world, I'm not talking about the ground we stand on, the mountains, the sky. It's talking about the world system, the power that's behind the world, the, the forces. that The Bible said in Ephesians chapter 2 and, and verse 2 that before we were saved that we walked according to the course of this world. The Bible said in 2 Timothy 4.10, Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world. Demas, he didn't love the mountains and the river and the lake. That's not what got him away from God. It was because he loved the world. The power of the world. The, 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 the force of the world. And, and you know the Bible says in Ephesians chapter uh, 6 and verse 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. 
The Bible says this in James 1, 27, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fathers and widows in their affliction. And here it is. And to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now is that talking about getting your hands dirty, working on a car or in the garden? I don't believe so. That's not talking about a physical world. It's talking about a world, and we know, according to Ephesians 6, that it's ruled by the prince of the power of the darkness. We know who that is. That's Satan. I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, first, uh, James 4, 4, Be ye adulterers and adulteresses. Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. First John 2, 15, Love not the world, uh, neither the things that are in the world. Uh, for, the, for if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. There's an old song that says, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I'm saying tonight, Babylon is a picture of the world. Uh, Babylon is a picture of the system. And by the way, it's still here. Now the Antichrist is not here, but the spirit of the Antichrist is here. And John said in his day there were many Antichrists. And just like Nimrod, now who is the Antichrist? You know what he's going to be? He's going to be Satan in the flesh. Just like Jesus was God in the flesh, the Antichrist is going to be Satan in the flesh. And you know what the Antichrist is going to do? He's going to kill. You read the book of Revelation and we're there. We'll get back on Sunday night. Lord willing, this Sunday night, oh, we'll get back there and, and we're going to eventually get to these, the, the prophet and what goes on. But let me tell you something. Who the He's a bloodthirsty murderer is who he is. Under his reign, one-third of the world will die. Under his reign, he doesn't ask, he commands, he demands. And, let me, and listen tonight, I'm saying this, Babylon is alive and well. And Nebuchadnezzar is like unto Nimrod. Nebuchadnezzar is like unto the Antichrist. At this time, listen to me, at this time, Nebuchadnezzar was the God of this world. And in our story, and listen tonight, I'm going to preach on warring with the world. Tonight, we're in a war with the world. And if you say, oh, I'm not in the world, then you're losing. You're losing. But if you're trying, listen tonight, and, and by being here on Wednesday night, I, I believe that you've got intents to serve the Lord. You know there's a war that we're in against this world. The, war, the world is warring against God's people. It always has and it always will because we're not under their system. We're under another system. We're not under their power. We're under another power. We're not citizens of this world. We're citizens of another world. Oh, we're strangers and outcasts and aliens and we're despised and we're hated and mocked and ridiculed. But tonight we're in a war. We're in a battle against this world. The world's not on our side. They're against us. They always have been and they always will be. Now listen, we're in the world. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abigail. And I hate calling them, you know, Shadrach. I always have a hard time. I, I, and I'm going to work on it, especially after studying this tonight. But we find these four men, God, listen, God sent them to Babylon. And did you know that because they were in the world, they saved the world? They turned the world. They made a difference. In fact, we'll find out later on that Nebuchadnezzar turned to God, the true and living God, because of the faith of these four young men.
But no, no, listen, I'm saying tonight, uh, it, it seems that the modern trend that's been going on for a long time, and especially in church, is that we're preaching and acting like the world's our friend. The world is not our friend. We're to be different from the world. We're to act different than the world. We're to look different than the world. We're to love different than the world. We're to, we're to make decisions based on things the world doesn't understand. And listen, we're to, we're to live our lives because we're not a part. And let me tell you, the world is against, they're fighting against our family. If you've got children out, listen, the world wants to destroy your children. If there was a man out in this parking lot tonight and I said he's going to try to destroy your son or destroy your daughter, he's standing right out there. Are you, what are you going to do? Would you go out there and shake his hand and hug his neck and say, you want to go play golf tomorrow afternoon? Would you, is anybody that fool? I don't believe so. I, I mean, I believe you'd do everything in your power to try to keep that, that, that man from ruining your, family, ruining your child or hurting your child. And listen tonight, the sad thing is the world is a much more dangerous dangerous foe than some man standing out there in the parking lot because just one pull of the trigger and we can take care of him but the world is an invisible enemy you can't see it, you can't grab it you can't. Grab it. that's why the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but you better believe we wrestle and we fight, uh, Paul told Timothy to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life, he said he, he said uh, over there in 1 Timothy uh, chapter number 2 he said that uh, he, he needed uh, be a soldier that would please the Lord. He said you might please him that's chosen you to be a soldier. He said to put on the armor of God. Uh, listen the armor of God is not just decoration for us to walk around like they do. <laughs> Have you ever been to a renaissance festival? Dumbest thing in the world but the food is out of the world. Have you ever been birds? I knew you had. Did you wear uh, the, do the jacket? That's put on. Everybody understand? That, that a lot of people act like, you know, that, that this thing we're living, it's just like a big renaissance festival. We're just playing, riding horses and, you know, breakaway, uh, uh, whatever them things are, they hit each other with and it's just all dress up. But listen, this is not dress up. This is not a fire drill. This is the real thing. And all I'm trying to say tonight, I'm trying to sound the alarm and say, listen, we're in a war with the world. And these four little young men, they got into a battle with the world and not just the world. They got in a war with the God of that world. And we're in the same battle tonight. We're in a, we're in a, we're in a, in a warfare with the world. I want you to look here. Three things about this. The Lord showed me. I want you to see the clear targets of the world. The Bible says in verse 3, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz. His name means horse's nose. I couldn't find no preaching in that, but maybe you can. Brother David knows horses real good. Maybe he can help me. I should have called him before preaching. But it, I mean, that's just a silly name, I guess. But anyway, I don't, help me, Jesus. Could have been a lot worse, I guess. But in the Bible says, The master of his eunuchs, that he should, here it is, bring certain of the children of Israel... Look at verse 4. Children in whom was no blemish. Who, who are, are these uh, clear targets? Who are, he, said it, he said, I want you to find... He said, I want you to go up there. Now this is the first siege of Jerusalem. 
He said, before we take any of the leaders, before we take the religious and the preachers and the pre before we get anything, he said, I want you to go up down the streets and the highways and the byways and you find me the children. Find me the young ones. Find me the ones that we can still influence and we can mold them and shape them and form them. And, and by the way, the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. There's one or two things going on in my life and your life. Either I'm being transformed or I'm being conformed to this world. You know what conform means? It means to be, to be pushed into the mold. To be pressed into the mold. And listen to me tonight. We're not to fit into the mold of the world. Who are we supposed to be like? The Lord Jesus Christ. He is our mold. You understand? And they call us nuts and crazy and all that. But that's fine tonight because listen, I don't want to be conformed. I want to be transformed. If you could choose tonight, if you see an old ugly slimy caterpillar sliming his way across the stage, or you seen a beautiful butterfly, which one would you rather be? We used to sing that song when we were little kids. And, and y'all remember that Sunday school? If I could be a butterfly. Y'all remember that? Anybody heard that song? I spread my wings and fly up high. Anyway, we need to break that one out, dust off. But if you had to choose, who would want to be a snotty, slimy, little, mealy, hiding behind a, a weed caterpillar when you could be a beautiful butterfly? And did you know tonight, when we choose the world over being like the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's exactly what we're choosing. We're choosing a low life. We're choosing a life of, of shame and disgrace when we could have a life of glory and honor and majesty. And, and listen, who were the clear targets? It was the children of Israel. Notice this, the time of their life in which they were targeted while they were young. This is for everyone, and I'm not trying, I hope this, I hope you don't just turn, close your Bible and turn this off, because you, you better believe this, there's more people get their lives messed up at the end. So don't think you're exempt from this because, and Brother Willard said this, the Bible says in 1 John 2, 16, the lust of the eyes, the lust, the, the, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That's the three things. And Brother Willard said when you're a young man or a young woman, it's the lust of the flesh. When you're middle-aged, it's the lust of the eyes. You want to have more and, 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 and get more. And then when you're old, it's the pride of life. But it doesn't matter where you are in life. But I want you to know tonight, the world wants our kids. It makes me mad they want my kids. It, may, it disturbs me that they want my children and they want to influence them and they want to mold them and they want to ruin them and they want them to be good little soldiers of the world. That's what Nebuchadnezzar was trying to do. He wanted to take them instead of being servants of Jehovah. He wanted them to be servants of Nebuchadnezzar. He wanted them. And why was that? Because they'd be trophies to his victory over Jerusalem. You see, Nebuchadnezzar, this was not about... Listen to me. You know what it was all about? About putting himself up above God. And listen tonight, the world, the time of the life. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1, Remember now thy Creator in the days of thy youth. Remember now the Creator. Listen, this world is ruining our kids and it's polluting their minds and their hearts. And listen, you say, well, my kid, but listen, all, every child in here is under attack from the world. You can lock them in a closet every day when you leave work and let them out when you get home and the world will get in the closet with them. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs 7, 7, he said, I behold and beheld among the simple ones I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. And the Bible says he went by the way of this strange woman and she had on the attire of the harlot. She had on the attire. The Bible said that, not me. 
The attire of the heart, that's what it said. And she deceived him. She said, my husband is gone on a long journey. Come lay with me. And he went and laid with him. The Bible says, until, until a dart struck through his liver and he died from that sin. But he was a young man. Listen to me, the world wants the youth. He wants her. She, that's why, and, and I can get, they made Mark Zuckerberg. I would say something, but I ain't going to say it because we're, but he can do whatever he wants to tonight. He's a part of the world. Facebook's a part of the world. It's it's all you're saying it's all part of the world but listen tonight they're coming for my kids they're coming for your kids that's why this don't look like a nightclub when you come in here that's why we got a pulpit in the middle of the church that's why we got a piano we ain't got drums and electric guitars and dobros and all that that's why we sing blessed assurance Jesus is mine that's why we that's why we do it that's why we have older calls that's why I got on suit and tie because my preacher wore a suit and tie and listen and that's why you don't like it. You ain't got to like it. There's plenty of Babylon Baptist churches you can go join. If you want to go part, be a part of that great whore Babylon her church, go right ahead. And that ain't just the Catholic church here. She's got children too. I'm saying tonight, their time of their life. Kids, listen to me. You can make things, do things from 12 to 18 to 10. You can do things right now that will scar you and mar you and hinder you the rest of your life. You say, oh, God's a God of mercy. He is, but the law of sowing and reaping is true. It's final. He that sows to the flesh will reap the flesh corruption. He that sows to the Spirit will reap the Spirit life everlasting. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And they're coming for our kids. Did you see? Well, I can't. There's something. It's bad. You can't even talk about it. It's so bad. Anyway, the time of life when they were talk, which they were talking. Now look here, verse three and four. Look at the traits that were looked for. What did he look for? I gotta hurry. It gets rougher. We're just getting warmed up. He said, "Sir of the king's seed." He looked for pedigree of the king's seed, royalty, the best bloodline there was. I'm going to say tonight, if you're saved, you're a royal descendant of the Lord Jesus Christ. My blood is, is, is not good, you understand? I mean, on, on Adam's side, it's bad. But on Jesus' side, it's perfect. And listen to me, if you've been saved, you've been born again, don't think the battle's over, the battle's just begun. Listen to me, the world is after you more now. You say, Brother Martin, how come it's such a struggle? How come it's such a, 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 a strain to try to be in church and go and live and do? How come it's so easy for the people because they don't have the same blood that we've got? He looked for pedigree, but then it says this. He says, children, here was no blemish. Purity. You know what that word, no blemish means? It means not damaged or whole. Now, it means, talking about physical, you know, disabilities. But I believe you can apply it even further than that. The devil wants to take pure children and make them impure. 
Remember we said over there in James 1.27, pure religion, undefiled before God and fire is this, fits fires and widows in their affliction. And here it is, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Listen, he said, go find the pure ones down there. Go find the ones who hadn't been around town. Go find the ones that hadn't lit the town, painted the town red. Go find the ones that are innocent or clean and, and they've not been damaged. I want the best. I want the, I want the ones that are strong and, and, and physically all together. And listen to me tonight. That's who the world wants from among us. They want to take our good, young, holy girls and make them unholy and unclean. They want to take these young men and turn them into perverts and, and vile men. That's what the world wants. And I don't want to enable the world and help the world in the process. Verse 4 it says, well favored. He wanted the pedigree. This, this is funny. I had to get a P word. He wanted the ones that were pretty. <laughs> pretty boys. But not in this sense. That means good looking. You ever thought, why are all preachers ugly? Amen. Seriously. Ty, you know it's true. You live in proof. I'm just kidding, Ty. Good, bro. You ever wonder why? Because most of the ones never made it out of the youth. You understand? You get what I'm saying? I want to see this. The one, look, look who he's going after. He's going after the well favored. Then the Bible says this. Well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science. He went after the ones that were prudent, the smart ones, intelligent, the ones that were A students, the ones that had high IQs, the ones that were, that, that he said, look, don't go to the tension hall. Don't go to in school suspension. Don't go to don't go over there to uh, what they call that the the reform school. Whatever. Once you get kicked out of school, you know I don't know. I ain't never been there, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of you. That's where you got all your education at. But anyway, but but he said I don't want I want the ones that are on the honor roll. I want the ones that've got sharp minds because I can use that. And listen, that's who the devil wants. He wants these young men and young women, and he wants you too. He wants to take that and use it to further his own agenda. And then it says this, and that has the ability in them to stand in the king's palace. He said, I want you to look for the ones that has potential. He said, find the ones that you can, and you can see it. And man, as, as a dad, as a father, but as a pastor, man, I'm just going to tell you, I lose a lot of sleep because there's so much potential in, in our children. And listen, our church, there's so much potential in our church. There's so many good, it's amazing how every person God adds to our church is say they can do something that none of us could do. And they've got a different, but listen, it also causes me to fear because I know this Babylon is coming for us. The world is going to war against us. Well, listen, tonight it takes more than just one person or one man. It takes more than just the pastor to be standing on the wall. He needs every person, every man, every woman to stand on the wall with their sword in one hand and their trail in another and be ready to go to war with the world. Amen. Satan always goes after God's best. Potential. Potential. Listen to me. God, do I think it's wrong for a young man or young woman who's brilliant to make a good living? I mean, you know, no, there ain't nothing wrong with that. But God did not give you that wisdom and that understanding to get rich. 
He gave it to you for His glory and honor. He gave it so you could, and then you could help, and you can give. Listen, everybody, listen to me. We better thank the Lord. There's some people that have some, or, or we'd have we'd have to have hamsters on wheels to keep these lights on. I'm saying it's not wrong, but I'm saying tonight it is wrong if to take in a talent, to take in a gift, to take in a ability, to take something that God gave you. But Nebuchadnezzar didn't give them their prudence. Nebuchadnezzar didn't give them their purity. Nebuchadnezzar didn't give them their health. Nebuchadnezzar didn't give them that. That came straight from the hand of God. And this is listen to me tonight. You're, you're, you're going to ruin your life if you take the talents. You think about Elvis Presley. I know we joke about You know he grew up singing in church. But Percy Ray, some of y'all know, he, him, and brother, him and Elvis Presley were close. And they talked a lot. And Elvis Presley, he regretted. He said, I'd been better off if I'd kept singing in choirs and singing in revivals than ever. And listen, what happened to Elvis Presley? And you can, everybody can laugh at this and they can think it's a joke, but it's not a joke. No joke's being told tonight. The Babylon, Babylon got a hold of him and used him up and threw him away. Now look here, the clear targets of the world. I want you to see this, the clever tactics of the world. Now follow me. It's amazing to me that, you know the devil's using the same things he's always used? Yep. He ain't changed his methods. But here we got the, the, the church, the church of the living God, we change our methods every five weeks. Well, preaching ain't working, so we're going to try teaching. So teaching ain't working, so we're going to do, you know, what's that called when you go back and forth? I don't know you know what it's called. Dialogue. Is that what it is? Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. When when the preacher or somebody speaks and then the people talk back and all that. Listen, I wasn't raised that way. <laughs> when the preacher's preaching, it ain't a discussion, it ain't a it ain't it's a, it, it's thus saith the Lord. Amen. And, and, but but, but this, so that don't work. So let's just take it out altogether. And we're going to try this. And we're going to try that. I seen this so-called preacher the other day. He had somebody. He had. I mean, it was it was absolutely ridiculous. He had this somebody dressed up as a big bear. I mean, a big look like Yogi Bear. You know the cartoon running around the church and had thunder going on. And I thought you you have lost your ever loving mind. Listen, to me, I don't care if it's me and Kim and Ginger and Drew and Macy and Georgia and nobody else. There will be nobody dressing. Up like bears running around the church. There'll be no, there'll be, there'll be no, there'll be no lightning coming through the PA. Now there may be come, come, but I'm talking about we're not going to stoop to that level. But it's amazing to me that you know why the devil sticks with them same things because they still work. And I got news for you: the word of God still works. Let's say if the Lord still works. <laughs> but anyhow, the clear tactics. I want you to see what he did. He wanted to change their minds. In verse 4, he says, in whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. He said, we're going to educate them. We're going to educate them. We're going to... We're going to so you see, this is what... They're going to have to reprogram these boys. They've been taught by them Levites and them scribes. They've been taught the law of God and the Word of God. And they said, hey, we're going to take that. And they say that in Babylon, they every temple for all their gods, they'd have a school attached to that temple. And in there, they'd teach them things like astronomy and history and science and agriculture, but then they teach them about their gods. And they said, we're going to change their minds. Listen to me, you don't know where the devil's attacking us tonight. It's right here between our ears. And by the way, you've got two ways into your mind. Your ears 
in your eyes. And you listen to me. You better be careful where your eyes and your ears and how they're influenced. And he said, we're going to change their mind. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, in whom the God of this world has blinded their minds. He won't change their minds. I'm not against change. Change is not wrong. So it is. Well, tell me, explain to me 2 Corinthians 5 17. Therefore, if any man, I got you. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creator, old thing. I think that's a change, ain't it? All change ain't bad. You understand what I'm saying? All change ain't bad, but change for the sake of change is not good change. And, 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 and listen to me, there's some things that we ought not to change. And as the people of God, we better not change our minds about the things of God. Amen. There's a lot of people tonight, they've changed their mind. They used to be sold out for God. They used to be on fire for God. They, they used to be faithful to church. They started listening to some little limp-wristed, greasy-headed preacher on TBN. And they start hearing them, oh, Joe, every day's a Sunday or Friday. <laughs> but anyhow, but, but anyway, and they got, they, their mind began to change. And they come to their prayer and say, why, why can't you do it like Joe? Why can't you do it? But, but I, I want I won't tell them, but won't you tell them, won't you pay me like Joe? Yeah. And then we'll talk about the, 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 the job description. But anyhow. But then they start changing their mind. You kids look at me. The world wants to change your mind. They're going to try to change your mind. That's why when you turn on TV, you can't watch 30 minutes without a commercial with two sodomites on it. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to change our mind. My Bible still says that man should not lie with man as with woman. And woman, that's what my Bible says. That's what the Word of God says. And we better not change our mind. And then they say, I mean, oh, I could go on, but he won't change their minds. Change their minds. He wanted to change their mouths. He said, the tongue of the Chaldeans. These boys talk different. And if you're saved, y'all talk different. You kids go off to college. Don't come back here. If you go, even everybody's a Christian college. It's about as Christian. Help me, Lord. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Everything that's going on at Murray State, everything that's going on at UT Martin, is going on at these Bible colleges. I promise you. I got a paper down there. I've been there, seen it. I know it. They think because they got these rules. Let me tell you something. They don't mind them rules. The ones that want to be in Babylon, they're in Babylon. But let me tell you something. They want. They want. Don't you come back here talking all that worldly talk? Amen. Well, brother Martin, do you believe? Well, could we discuss theistic evolution? No, I just soon talk about why the grass is green in the front of the parking lot. We're not going to talk about it. Well, Brother Martin, you know, a selective uh, 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 evolution, you know, it's been... Pro- Don't be coming in here. Well, what about the... Listen to me. You know what they wanted to do? They said, we're going to change the way they talk. I just seen today. It's amazing how these things come across the radar. The AP Press. Some of y'all may have seen this. Is that clock broke? Or is that right? The AP Press. I'm, I'm, I'm still, I didn't mow today, it rained, so I'm, I've got plenty more. I'm not even on half a tank yet. But they come out, Ty, and they sent a memo to every member of the AP, uh, Associated Press, and they said, no, it is no longer appropriate to call a woman who is having an affair with a married man a mistress. They said, we'll call, call her a friend. Go ahead and try that with your wife. Yeah. 
and tell the judge. Let me tell you what God says. Marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. Here it is. But whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. Sir, if you're running around on your wife, you want me to tell you, you're not a friend, you're a whoremonger. That's what you are. And ma'am, if you're running around on your husband, you say, I don't know if it's going on, but if it is, I'm going to let you know what you are. You're not a friend. Uh, you are an adulterer. Amen. They used to call them Jezebels when I was a kid. And that's awfully... And let me say, mistress is probably the nicest thing you can be called. Scum of the earth is what you are. Low life, no count, ought to be whipped with an Amish horse whip. That's what you are. If you're cheating on your husband or you're cheating on your wife, God made you for her. He made her for you. And you ought to be satisfied with her. And you ought to be satisfied with him. If you're running around, we ought not to water it down. I want to be real careful. I want to be real careful. Help me, Lord. I mean this. I don't want to hurt anybody. I know the world we live in. But y'all know what the Bible says about marriage. Jesus said, For this cause shall a man leave his father's mother and cleave his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. And what God torn to go, let no man put asunder. I'm not trying to beat anybody's head or hurt anybody who's, who's been through divorce. But, but you understand, if I believe you'd all say the same thing. These kids need to find the right one and marry them and stay with them. And, and listen, but this is what's happening. Babylon! Babylon! has come in our church. And there are churches now that have dating classes for divorced people. God help us. Anyhow, he wanted to change their mouths. Wanted to change their meal. He said, eat the king's meat. And the Bible says this in verse 5, and point them a daily provision. This wasn't just a one-time thing. They sat it in front of Brother Chad every single day. You know what? Over there in Genesis 39, when Potiphar's wife came to Joseph, tried to seduce him, he said, no, I can't do it to my master. I can't do it to my God. He said, I'm not going to do it. The Bible says she kept coming back day after day. The Bible says Second Peter chapter 2 that just Lot, he vexed his righteous, his, his righteous soul with a filthy conversation, with, filthy conversation with the wicked, both seeing and hearing, and day by day. And listen to me, the world Babylon, they're going to come back and come back and come. Did you listen to this? I'm trying to hurry. There was nothing evil about the meat on the table. Follow me. For a Babylonian. But there was something wrong with it for a Hebrew. And listen to me. And, and how many of you, and I don't want you to raise your hand, that you work in, or, and you've had somebody say, well, what's wrong with that? You wouldn't believe how many times we get it with our kids when we say, nope, they're not going to be here. They're not going to be, nope, nope, not going to make it. And they're all, what's wrong with that? Let me tell you something. There is nothing wrong for a Babylonian. There is, there's nothing but for a child of God. Listen to me, there's some things that are wrong for us that the world, it ain't wrong for them. Listen, the Bible says, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. Whatever happened to that? Why? Well, what 
happened to us living a separated life, holy and set aside for the glory and honor of God. There's nothing wrong with that. If the Bible tells us we ought not to partake in it, we ought not to partake in it. Had somebody say, well, do you think it's, a, do you think it's a sin for me to buy a lottery ticket? This was a lost person. I said, for you it ain't. For me it is. He didn't know. He kind of got cross-eyed like, he didn't know what to say. I, just, I thought, thank the Lord, I didn't have to go any further than that. Anyway. And all this, well, it's not against my conviction. I don't care what your conviction are. If the Bible says it's wrong, it's wrong. Amen. Oh, me. Help me, Lord. I just felt a, um, a, a mean spirit come over me. I don't want to get that way. But he tried to change their meal. Look at this in verse 5. He said that they might stand before the king. He tried to change their mission. You say, what do you mean? This whole deal was going to go on for three years, and the whole purpose of it all was so they might become people or men that would please Nebuchadnezzar. These boys weren't supposed to please Nebuchadnezzar. They are to please the Lord. I would go on, but I'm about to give out. Look just quickly in verse 6 and 7. i got to go because we're never going to get to chapter. Chapter 7 is where the prophecy starts. And that's the whole purpose of me, and i got to get there. Verse 6, now among these were the children of Judah, Daniel. And we got business meeting, but just I'll go ahead and tell you, it's really, we're doing really good. So anyway, the, the children of Judah, Daniel, Hannah, I'm glad them surprises are over. I know up ahead before we go into it what's going on. But now among these men were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names. For he gave unto Daniel the name Belshazzar, and Hananiah, Shadrach, and Mishael, Meshach, and Azariah, and Abednego. Big deal. whoop de doo They got a name. Big deal. It's a big deal. Look at the, here, I want you to see the clashing titles of the world. Follow me. Their native names. Now here's what their names meant. Daniel means God is my judge. In Bible times, they didn't just give a kid a... Ginger's playing over there. Where was he at, Ginger? Christian County yesterday? Where are you at? She's sick. Well, Lord help us. They play McCracken tomorrow night. We've got to get her better. Anyway. <laughs> Christian County's good. They got girls going... Anyway, we got beat by one run. But anyway, I, that's not even the point of the story. Oh, that, there's, they got a girl going to Louisville. And she come, they said, uh, batting first, playing center field, Pickle. Like, her name's Pickle. I just called her Dale, just for short. But I'm serious. She was good. I, hey, as good as she was, call her Leroy, whatever. She could, anyway. But nowadays, names, but in Bible times, they, 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 they had some. So Daniel means God is my judge. That speaks about his responsibility to God. Hananiah means God is gracious. That speaks of the availability of God. God's gracious, He'll give grace. I mean, so the Bible says evil men's students will wax worse and worse, and that's true, but it never says that God's grace is going to wax less and less. We've got as much grace as, as Daniel had, and we can make it too. Mishael, who is like God. That speaks of the capability of God. He's the God alone. Azariah means God is helper. That speaks of the dependability of God. So that's their native names. Now look at their new names. Belshazzar. That means prince of Baal. Who does a prince answer to? the king. Remember what his first name meant? God is my judge. Now they said, Daniel, Baal's your judge. You don't answer to him anymore. You answer to Baal. Shadrach means illuminated or shined upon by the sun god. His original name meant God is gracious, but now they're saying it's not God's light you need. It's, it's the, god of the, the light of the world, the favor of the world. 
Meshach, they said, his name means who is like Venus. His original name meant who is like God. But now that's just one word, brother Martin. Why are we getting so mad about one little word? What's the big deal about one little word? You change one little word and it changes the whole meaning. Venus, she had a lot of names in the God. Ashtaroth, and, 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 and you know that she's the God that old Solomon got messed up with. She was a God of pleasure, a sensual God, the God of love. And he said, We're not, you're not going to serve the who is like your God. We've got a God that she's going to give you everything you want. Abednego means servant of Nebo. Now follow me. His name Azra meant God is my helper. But they said, now you're going to be your God's helper. That's the difference between our God and the gods of this world. Our God helps us. Their gods, you have to help Him. So, tonight, we're warring with the world. I, 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 there's so much more I would like to have said, and I might say it again. But, I want to ask you something. Can you feel it? Can you see it? Do you want to win? Or do you want to lose? Next week we're going to get a little further. I've done, I've, I've done read ahead so I know where I'm going but I ain't going to say nothing about it. But these four boys, they found themselves in the biggest battle they had ever been in. So I'm going to ask you something tonight and we're going to have a word of prayer. Is this worth fighting for? Is this church worth fighting for? Amen. Are these kids worth fighting for? Amen. You said, Brother Martin, my kids is all gone. Would you help me? Would you pray for mine? Would you pray for some of these others? They need, they need somebody to fight for them. We never meet these four boys' parents, and most people believe they were killed in the siege, but they've done a fine job of training them boys to serve the Lord. And listen, I hate to say it, I don't even like to think about it, but there's a likelihood that a lot of these kids, or some, I'm not going to say a lot, I don't want to put no seeds in their mind. There might be one or two eventually in 10 or 20 years that goes off. But a day when they go off, I want them to have something in them that when they get there, they're going to say, this ain't what, this, this, this ain't me. This ain't, this ain't what I'm about. 